Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Dan? Danathan? Yeah, Dan I muted myself it. for a second. That was my bad. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, free, it's preseason. It's preseason. <laughs> This is the London is Blue podcast. Your home for the champions of England. Bringing all Chelsea fans together here, near, and far. Hosted by Dan, Nick, and Brandon. We're back, Chelsea fans, with another episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. Glad to have you both back with me, Dan and Nick, joining us for another, let's see, preseason episode, I guess we've got here. And Nick, especially glad to hear you're safe after those crazy storms that rolled through Kansas City last Sunday. Yeah, so if, if you weren't following us on social, part of the reason that we did, didn't record last Sunday is uh, I was without power and internet for for many, many hours. So it was, it was kind of just one of those timing situations. So apologize that we were not able to record. But uh, Dan, we have a, a, a cool thing to kind of make up for, don't we? Uh, that is true. And also, we, we are very thankful that your car was not one of the ones that was halved by a tree. Is that very uh, true? That, yeah. that, that was a very scary photo you shared with us. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things you know, we, we are brought to you by World Soccer Shop, and you know, they were able to hook us up with a, a home kit that we were able to give away of uh, any player that you wanted named on the back of it. So uh, those who are super excited, Rata has been signed. 
and is official, uh, could claim it. But we did a little Instagram post, had 93 people enter, and uh, Nikki was kind of pulling the question, wonder when we're going to announce the winner. We're going to do it now. And uh, Janique, who uh, I think we, we yeah. all recognize the name. You know, been in our Facebook group a, a long time and been hitting us up on Twitter. Also know that she's a fan of The Bachelorette as well. I, I don't think the other guys are, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hit you up. We'll get that, uh, that jersey sent out to you uh, ready for the new season. Yeah, so congrats, Janique. Uh, you know, obviously, for the rest of you, there were, we had 93 entries uh, for the contest. So thank you guys all for, for entering and tagging your friends and, and helping us grow. Uh, you can be, you know, rest assured that we will be doing more of this kind of stuff uh, throughout the season. So if you didn't win this time, uh, there will be more opportunities to win. And, uh, you know, again, we're going to try and use our partnership with World Soccer Shop to uh, to hook as many uh, of our uh, loyal followers up as possible. So uh, just, you know, stay with us and there will be some uh, some announcements coming down the pike during the season. Absolutely. Make sure to follow us on social media because, you know, that's where all the excitement is at. Uh, you know, just to kind of give you guys a heads up on this episode, we will be talking about the Arsenal match, the Bayern Munich match, the transfer window, and your questions from social media. Holy smokes, there were no shortages of them, especially this one, Dan, from at Mark Tomostuff. Could I be any more excited about the new season? Hug, smile, face. Well, I, and I, I guess that Mark was asking it in the, the thought of, like, if we are thinking about the new season, our excitement, because I, I, it seems like Mark, you know, anytime you throw an emoji in with the smiley face and the, the kind of hands waving, that's a pretty, pretty positive and happy emoji. And as the emoji specialist of the podcast, oh. um, you know, I, I would, would a hundred percent say that he's excited. And, uh, I think I'm excited too. I mean, you know, sign-ins are starting to come in. We're getting some preseason matches. We're getting the debate about the youth, Versus signings. Uh, I mean, you know, the the Chelsea Civil War is in full swing. <laughs> it's just, it's it's a great time to be alive, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, and Mark, if you want my attention, I think you need a, a strong gift game to kind of to to rock the boat over here. But uh, very excited for the season to start. Cannot wait. And these preseason matches are are a nice little warm up. But you know, we want the real stuff. All right, well, let's go ahead and do our first uh, quick break from World Soccer Shop. And when we get back, we're diving right into the Arsenal match. Man, that is one that we will happily go over. Here we go. Dan, how pumped are you about that new Nike jacket that just came out? It's beautiful. It has a nice white kind of top and, and blue center. Just unbelievable from Nike. I mean, those are great. I also like the uh, the, the Henleys that they've got going on. Uh, yeah. Very, very sharp. Uh, I think that I'll probably have to pick one of those up. But they are all available now on worldsoccershop.com. And, you know, if you're looking for a place to get them, you know, I think that you know, the, the Nike Megastore has been sold out for a little bit. So it might be an easier way to acquire the goods that you're looking for to be ready for the start of the season. All right. Well, in case you missed it, Chelsea's first match of the preseason officially was Arsenal. Uh, it was a friendly, and it was at the Bird's Nest Stadium in Beijing, China. Uh, it was this past Saturday, July 22nd, and the scoreline, which I'm sure you all know by now, Chelsea 3, Arsenal Nada, zero, zilch, nothing. Dan, per usual, we need you to run us through the lineups from this match. 
Yeah, so when we go through this lineup, we know uh, two big things. Diego Costa lost in Brazil somewhere. We cannot find him or extradite him from the country. Uh, that, that He's out there in the wilds. And then Eden Hazard currently rehabbing, but looking sharp, looking fit, ready to go for the new season back at Cabo. So we had William Pedro Michi up top, Victor Moses, Alonso, Cesc Fabregas, and Golo Conte in the mid-four, and Azpilicueta, Cahill, and Luis Heading in front of Thibaut Courtois, uh, Calibero, um, Christensen, uh, Clark Salter, Scott, Polishitz, Collis, Kennedy, Tamori, Remy, still, yes, still a Chelsea player, uh, Boga, and Lewis Baker all had an opportunity to make some substitute appearances too. So Conte had a lot of film to review, but uh, some more than others, depending upon what time they actually got subbed in. Yeah, literally the only player who didn't feature in this match was Eduardo. But, you know, that's kind of comes with the territory. That's pretty normal. So uh, nothing too surprising there. Nick, looking at it, Chelsea actually had less less possession than Arsenal at 55-45. But we had 20 shots to their 11 on goal to Arsenal's one. You know, seems like good old Chelsea sit back, counterattack. But overall, I mean... It was pretty balanced, I felt like, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, again, this is like the classic Chelsea-Arsenal, you know, conundrum. You know, Arsenal has a lot of possession but doesn't do anything with it. Chelsea has a little less and does a lot with it. So when you, when you look at another stat, which is shots on goal, Chelsea has 20 to Arsenal's 8 and 11 shots on target to Arsenal's 1. So... You know, you can talk about the possession number all you want, um, and that's great if you're a team who enjoys being fourth and generally crumbling at the end of the season. But, you know, our squad did okay, and, and it honestly could have been a 5-6-0 scoreline if, if a little bit of uh, finishing had, uh, or finishing had been a little bit more clinical. So, uh, again, you know, possession numbers uh, can mean a lot. In this case, they don't. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and cruise through these goals. Uh, all good ones, Dan, so I will let you kick it off. Yes, it's nice to get an opportunity to talk about Chelsea goals, and uh, we have three <laughs> yeah. in this one. Uh, not not at the undercurrent of the theme last season where I had a chance to talk about pretty much every opposition goal. Um <laughs> Yeah, William opens opens the preseason books of uh, the publicized uh, games, and uh, he kicked, knocks one in in the uh, the 40th minute. There, knocks in with the right foot, just bent it into the far post, made Ospina look a little foolish, and uh, you know definitely was a nice little uh, turn of play too. Because uh, right before that, you know, about two minutes prior, we saw Pedro head off the pitch. Uh, due to a little, uh, you know, uh, close encounters of the Ospina kind. So, a uh, nice little recovery there from William. Nick, second up on the ballot. Who was it? Uh, could it have been our boy Mishi, Brandon? Uh, You're darn right. You know, Mishi's, Mishi's getting these minutes, and uh, it, it's funny, you know, when he's given time on, on the pitch that he uh, can score some goals. So, uh this is, uh, you know, I think I think Mishi had a great game overall. We'll dive into that a little bit. Um, but this was kind of a one-on-one, you know, just <laughs> it showed some strength. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a near post shot. I think, you know, Ospina probably wants this one back a little bit. But, um, you know, found... Uh, found by Ingolo Conte. So maybe a little assist action happening from the midfield. And, you know, I think... 
for Mishi, this is incredibly important. Um, you know, to to hit it, you know, with you know a left foot, you know, he's he's starting to hit some of these from uh, the right side, whereas Bullion likes to come in from the right and kind of or come in from the left and bend it with his right. Um, we're seeing some of the opposite from Mishi. So either way, I, it goes in the the back of the net. I think Ospina probably could have done more on this, but uh, gets Mishi off to a flying start. Uh, his third goal in as many minutes. Well, you know, it was probably my favorite of the three goals today, but the third one in the 49th minute uh, had a better buildup with Alonzo receiving a, a long cross uh, where he just left Oxlade Chamberlain absolutely dead in the water. Uh, Alonzo simply cut back across the, you know, inside, and Ox went sliding about 10 feet on his backside. Uh, long story short, Alonzo strolls into the box, uh, picks up Mishi rushing in at the top, and just blasts it home. So, a second great goal for Mishi. All right. Well, after all the goal celebrations and the match settled down, we had a little time to digest this one. Nick, uh, who made you most excited after today's match? Um, yeah, kind of a, a, a random one, a person who, you know, I think we're going to end up talking about a lot during the preseason and hopefully during the season uh, as well. And that is Jeremy Boga. Um, Jeremy Boga came in. For Pedro, who got wiped out by David Ospina, kind of a a, a rough play for a preseason game, uh, which you know we'll get to in a, in a couple of minutes. But Pedro has a concussion. You know he immediately goes down. They take him off, and Jeremy Boga comes on in his place. And you know the uh, in the Hazard role in the uh, three four three. And I think just tears it up, uh, you know, is taking people on, looks confident, is is passing the ball well, you know, is giving Arsenal's backline headaches all over the pitch. And um, this is a guy, Dan, that has a ton of potential, uh, hasn't had the greatest time in the last year on loan. Um, some of it his fault, some of it, you know, kind of general management and club issues but man did he look electric in this game yeah and i think what people have been looking for you know and what some of the conversation was heading into preseason was people were really excited about seeing Sonda play and you know, he's definitely bulked up a bit but um you know as joe tweeds is referring to him as a bow gang um definitely has a physical presence on the pitch and, you know, looked sharp. You know, I think the challenge is, is not trying to, you know, overhype, uh, you know, again, we were playing a pretty weak side and, uh, you know, we just have to keep that in mind and use that filter and not, you know, just jump to conclusions that he's going to be the next best thing. Cause you know, I mean, look, I mean, Moses impressed last season and that kind of puts some pathway forward for him but I mean, there's a short window for someone to potentially make it into being a rotational player, uh, especially behind Hazard, who you're going to figure is not going to get a ton of rest this season, especially if he rehabs appropriately well. Boga had a great performance today. I mean, look, it's, you're right. It's not his fault. He's matched up against a weakened Europa League side, Dan. I mean... <laughs> Oh, they can uh, they can go and play uh, Vitesse, right? Vitesse is in the uh, Europa League. Thursday night lights, baby. Other, 
There you go. I, you know, look, we've been there. I get it. So I just take my shots when I can. Um, you know, I think that for me, I was really pumped with Mishi's performance. Obviously, you know, two goals is uh, great for anyone on the day. But I thought that, you know, the two goals he took, he took them uh, very well in stride. They were very, um, like technical finishes uh and it just kind of shows that he uh has the ability and the confidence uh to go out and finish so i think for me just with a lot of unknowns obviously Murata just being signed we don't know about Diego Costa a lot of talks about Llorente it, it was good to see him kind of brush all that off kind of take on the pressure of being the main man in this match and uh, see him play really well and it was goals in the first half and the second half so it's also I think they were, right? One on each half. Um, but I think that it was good to see him also put in like a full consistent performance. So obviously for me, uh, I was just really excited to see uh, Mishi do so well. Uh, Dan, flip side of this, obviously, is who concerned you after today's match? <sighs> concerned. I... I don't know if there was too much concern. I mean, I think you're starting to probably nitpick a little bit. I think maybe concerned that, you know, Christensen didn't warrant maybe an earlier play into the match, especially because it looked very, very controlled. Um, You know, Lewis Baker didn't get a ton of time. He definitely didn't look uh, terribly great, you know, kind of in a a winger capacity. Uh, But I I think it's it's very hard because you're you're critiquing a very, very short duration of time. Uh, And especially you look at the fact, too, that that a lot of the placement replacements have been made at that point by Arsenal as well when, you know, massive subs were coming in. So I I don't know if I'm terribly concerned, more just concerned maybe with the amount of opportunity the players are getting. Uh, to try to either impress or you know dictate their future here. You know what that means? That means you were concerned about Antonio Conte. A little bit, yeah. Oh, yeah. sound like it. Conte out. Uh, uh, wow, wow. Uh, no, 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 no banners. No, uh, no planes flying with uh, crazy signs behind them. Uh, but you know, I, I think it's tough. I think it's tough because it, this really is our first competitive match. So you know, I don't. You know, and I think probably a little bit of that FA Cup final loss is still haunting the club. So I, I don't fault I don't fault him for putting a strong lineup out there and wanting to get some match fitness put together, especially heading into a match against Byron and then Inter and then really going back to you know the another competition. You know, very very shortly after that. So I think that it's it makes sense. It's just unfortunate that you know our, our preseason does seem very short. Yeah, and without having to type anything the script or coax you into that, I think that was a great answer. Essentially explaining that, like, look, it's still preseason. <laughs> it's fine if we make mistakes. Like, it's okay. But I know Nick's got someone. I mean, I'm. It's the powder keg. Like, you'll you'll definitely put someone on blast, right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I don't. I don't really think anybody underperformed. You know, like. I, I mean, apparently you guys didn't read know. Twitter. Who who did Twitter? Who was Twitter concerned about? Let me let me hear hear the wrath. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I just don't think they're excited about the midfield necessarily, and I think that they were uh, a little bit 
Um, they weren't happy with specific defenders. Like they still think Cahill should go. Um, Christensen, when he get in, they weren't thrilled with. And then I think that they, a lot of people actually like took on Boga for not doing much with it and saying how much you missed Hazard, which I think that's a little, what? a little rough. I mean, it's Hazard. He's top 10, 15 in the world. I don't know. So like we won three nil. So if, if you're concerned after that, I mean, I, I'm concerned with the lack of squad depth overall, sure. but not with any particular player. All right. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. Uh, a couple things to touch on in this match. Um, obviously, uh, the Espina Pedro situation was something that is now actually gone from a bit of a concern to a much larger concern. He has a concussion and multiple fractures in his face slash cheek. At Beer Brower underscore Andy tweeted us uh, to bring up the Ospina and his dirty tactics again. Nick kind of touched on that. And then at Stephen Ruchichi had a very awkward question uh, on Twitter asking us to talk about Pedro's (laughs) nipple. So, Dan, instead of that... Um, let's just kind of brush Wait, over. We're not, not going to do nipple commentary because I mean that, that that just takes this podcast to a whole different uh, different category, and we might need to rebrand it on iTunes. Exactly. London is blue. London is blue after dark. It's a, <laughs> it's a whole different show. Oh man. Well, unfortunately, I, unfortunately, I kind of want to talk about the a little, just a little bit was the Kennedy situation uh, at Bobby Carrot CFC says, yeah, why was Kennedy so awful? I think he probably meant on the field, but it also unfortunately impacted him off the field. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a bad situation, right? And there's been, you know, there's actually a really nice thread on the, the Chelsea subreddit where a couple of. Um, you know, people who were either Brazilian or spoke uh, spoke Portuguese kind of added additional commentary around the the phrasing um, that Kennedy used. So, um, so saying, what did he do, right? So he posted on social media, right, Dan? Yeah, he posted on social media and he posted a phrase, and it was a photo of uh, one of the security guards, maybe uh, taking a little bit of a snooze. And uh, Kennedy's reaction then with the phrasing, and uh, you know it. it could be perceived as a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a racist remark, which the club has then posted on the website, uh, apologizing on behalf of Kennedy. Um, they've pulled him from the tour. Uh, you know, the the Simon Johnson, some of our friends have talked about the the doubt of future now for Kennedy at Chelsea because of it. And, um, you know, it's you know, crazy that, you know, the, we're in a place now where, you know, Kennedy is, is potentially on the outside looking in and maybe on his way out of Chelsea um, because he decided to get a little uh, insta happy and, uh, you know, kind of fly off the cuff there. It's, uh, it's obviously a little difficult because not being native Portuguese Brazilian speakers, we uh, don't know exactly what he said. Like you said, there were some people that kind of came to his defense saying the literal the literal translations are much harsher than what he actually meant when you take them in more of the native um, version of it. But at the end of the day, Chelsea are there to make a ton of money. And if they don't have the Asian audiences excited about Chelsea and have a good view of them, it essentially defeats the entire purpose of going there. And so I understand the business case of it, Nick, and why probably instead of even trying to fight it and get his side of the story it is much easier to buy him a one way ticket back to London. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I think so. I'm a marketer, right? I'm in I'm in advertising for a profession, and 
essentially what Kennedy did, you know, he necessarily wasn't uh, on, on its own merits, like in a vacuum, the worst thing ever. You know, he didn't go out and beat someone up or he didn't, you know, uh, you know, wear a T-shirt that had an offensive phrase on it or whatever. But, you know, like people around the world follow you on social media, man, like you have to figure it out. And, you know, this is not the first time we've heard him, you know, kind of being a lone wolf and, and um, you know, having a, a weird kind of personality trait, kind of Diego Costa ish. And you're totally right, Brandon, like the the purpose of Chelsea being in Asia for this tournament is to, you know, appeal to the Asian market, you know, meet fans from, you know, halfway across the world and really just hopefully leave an imprint of the club in Asia so that, you know, you know, when the season comes around, that there's even more market viability for the club uh, that's trying to build a new five hundred million dollar stadium. So uh, I think it was completely out of line for Kennedy, completely selfish of him to think that nobody would be watching this. And I think that the major impact this has now is that the club is going to be monitoring extra carefully all social media posts that go out. And, you know, I think there probably will be a, a social media training seminar at the club about you know what you can say, what you can't say, because it's just there's so much money on the line now that it makes zero sense to travel all the way to Asia to, to you know, do all the local custom stuff. And then to have one idiot ruin that all and and get the whole, you know, Chinese press up in a, in a fury. So it's ridiculous, Dan. I think here's the other thing is that, you know, we, you know, we've been kind of uh, not necessarily burdened, but we, you know, unfortunately, Chelsea players and fans uh, have been associated with, you know, situations involving you know, racism uh, over the past couple seasons. And, you know, I, I think as much as we want to, you know, kind of move on to the sport, right? We want to talk about the game. We want to talk about the match. We want to talk about the youth players. I think it's, you know, beholden upon all of us to to shine a light on it and say, hey, you know what? Like that doesn't represent, you know, what we want our club to be and aspire to. And like those type of players who are maybe going to, you know, think it's funny or think it's a joke and laugh it off, um, and that, that, that's not what the club needs. I mean, the club needs people that are concerned about the business of the game and their business and not someone who's taking it, uh, you know, seriously. And, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll learn from this and move forward. But, you know, I think it's a very costly lesson for him. And I think it's important and incumbent upon every Chelsea fan that, you know, feels like they want their club to be associated to the highest standard uh, to, you know, to say something about it. Like, you know, we just can't just sweep those things under the rug and expect it you know, the, you know, the reputation of the club to, to change. Like the, you know, people need to see fans and supporters uh, speaking out about it. Well, the moving on to better things. Uh, the next big thing that happened after this match was that Cahill was confirmed as the new permanent captain of Chelsea. Probably not that big of a surprise to everybody. Uh, Joey asked on Facebook says Cahill was confirmed captain when slash if he plays, do you think Conte is going to maintain the same back three or gradually bring in new players like Christensen and Rudiger, or maybe even alter our defense from the start of the league, just right away, not play him, uh, you know, two or more preseason games and the above mentioned defenders are yet to get proper time in there. So I guess, you know, Nick real quick, uh, 
he'll be the captain no matter what. And when he's on the pitch, he'll wear the, the captain's armband. And it's Conte, right? Am I wrong thinking that the best back three center backs will play week in, week out? You are correct. Um, and I think I think the reason Conte said, um, you know, while he plays, I mean, the armband is kind of the symbolic part of being captain. But as we all know, John Terry was the captain all last year and barely snuffed or sniffed the field. So uh, Cahill, you know, first of all, I think we can all congratulate Gary Cahill on on being the next captain of Chelsea. It's a big moment. Uh, we haven't had a new captain uh, in, in quite a long time since 2004. Um, so, you know, that's a that's a 13 year period of stability where we had the same captain. Uh, and so Gary Cahill must have earned it and must have had his teammates trust along with Antonio Conte's trust to get it. We know that Twitter, you know, is so divided on, on Cahill as a player. And, you know, we have both praised him and, um, and commented on, on some of the negative things he's done on the pitch, but off the pitch, he's a model citizen. Uh, and I think probably the closest thing to a Terry esque leader that we have in the club right now. Uh, so congratulations to him. And then to your second point, Conte is going to play the best players for most of the season, as we saw last year. So if Cahill isn't good enough, he's not going to wear the armband. It doesn't mean he's going to be any less captain, but he has to prove over and over and over and over again, 38 times in the league, possibly 12 times in the Champions League and some FA Cup and EFL Cup matches, that he deserves to be a part of a back three or back four. That is not a bad thing at all. That is Conte kind of laying the marker down and saying, I'm going to give you that that nice black C armband, but you're going to have to earn it and and to be on the pitch. So I don't know, Dan, like are, are people just overthinking this or what? Oh, I think another thing that Cahill gives you and, uh, you know, he did it six times last year is goals. And, you know, Rudiger is not known for having a nose for goal. Uh, you know, Christensen has kind of uh, started to pick up with that piece. And, you know, when you look at, you know, as Pocota has kind of started to add that to his game, you know, Luis, you can occasionally count on a wonderful free kick. Um, but, you know, there, there's another element to his game as much as he might infuriate people with, uh, you know, going so far to position, he needs to make some amazing slide tackle to, you know, create a block or create a moment to, to block a shot. Um but, but ultimately, like, you know, I, I think it's another one of those situations where we got to trust, you know, the trust the situation that Conte has created and know that, you know, ultimately, if Cahill's form is not as good as the other players, he will not start. He will not play or he will become rotational as someone else, whether it's Rudiger, whether it's Christensen, whether it's a player to be named, steps up behind him because that is what, you know, he, you know, Conte talked about it and he said we need to be cold, right? We need to be cold and calculating the way that we examine our players and we look inward and then kind of go out into the transfer market. And I think that he would have no problem saying, hey, you know what? You're not good enough anymore. You're going to be sitting on the bench. All right. Well, you know what? I think that we uh, will go ahead and leave it with a tweet very well summed up of this match. Uh, Nick, I'm sure you, the author, 3 nothing win, easy as you like. The only poor performance was at Chelsea FC TV. In case you didn't, in case you didn't know, Chelsea's website got overloaded, couldn't actually watch the game for free like they'd advertised. A lot of us went to Arsenal.com. Not exactly yeah, how we that. wanted to watch it, but man, it was still sweet. 
Uh, it was brutal, man. Having having to log into Arsenal.com, you just you need to take a shower after that. You know, it's like ugh. Use your junk email address. Look, that's that's on Chelsea, man. That that it was a poor website. You know, it's been a poor website for a long time. This isn't like a, a super criticism. You know, I just think they can they can build a better site. And if you're going to offer streaming for a game that's not on anywhere else, like you have to expect that, you know, a good chunk of people are going to be visiting. So, Dan, can you help him out with some hosting or something? You know, what, what do we got to do here? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just tried uh, GoonerClaude at gmail.com and the password was Wanger <laughs> out and it let me log in just fine on Arsenal's website. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and take our second break. When we get back, we will be... Well, dissecting all things Bayern Munich versus Chelsea. Here we go. Dan, we are pumped to go back over uh, to to London and see Chelsea play again this year. Uh, But we might need some of our fans' help uh, to, to get that process started, right? Yeah, you know, we have a wonderful partner in XL Tours who, you know, we were able to coordinate an event with last year, or last season rather, and it was you know, a remarkable time. We you know, kind of went with, uh, you know, 10 other individuals and it was fantastic. But we want to tailor a little bit more this year, kind of make sure we're planning the right time to go. That uh, if you're interested and you're not maybe doing something like through Chelsea in America, or if you're not a match going supporter, but you're trying to make that trip overseas and, you know, take part in the experience, that we can help with that. Uh, and help kind of provide you an avenue to do so. Uh, so we're going to be sharing out a survey later this week and we'll tweet it out, we'll post on Facebook, we'll, we'll drop a link in Instagram and uh, it'll be a couple quick questions to understand if it, this is something that maybe would suit your needs and help you out and uh, you know what time of year might be best so that we can try to get uh, as many people kind of to come along with us and, and have a great experience. Yeah, so, I mean, really all you're going to have to do is fill out the survey. Uh, you know, we, we are certainly excited to, to hear what you have to say. So, um, you know, if we, you know, have to take two trips, you know, we can we can try and make that happen too. So, um, yeah, look for that and let's roll into part two. All right. Well, the second match of this preseason summer tour was Chelsea versus Bayern Munich. It was another friendly um you know, just another tough game against a big-time European opponent. Uh, the match was this past Tuesday, July 25th. Uh, final score, final count there, Chelsea 2, Bayern 3. But it really wasn't as close as that scoreline led into. So before we talk about the goals, Dan, you know the drill. Lineup time. Yeah, we had, we had a chance to see some alterations here. Uh, William, uh, Mishi, Bacuayi. Boga, Bogang up top. And we got saw the Victor Moses, Marcus Alonso, and Golo Conte, Cesc Fabregas, four, Aspel Quetta, Gary Cahill, Andres Christensen starting the match with Thibaut Courtois between the sticks. And we also got a chance to see Eduardo pop in. Uh, I think it's probably the first time I think I remember him playing. Uh, David Luiz had a chance to come in a little bit later. Pulisic did as well. Tamori, Lewis Baker, and of course, the new number nine, our new Spanish striker, Alvaro Morata, made an appearance too. Nick, far less substitutions in this match uh, than the last, probably because we didn't coast to an easy victory, I guess, right? 
Yeah, I mean, this was a much tougher test. I mean, you know, if, if you've seen Bayern play Arsenal in, in recent years, you could probably assume that they're the more talented and complete team. So, um, yeah, I mean, this was not a walk in the park. I think that uh, Antonio Conte didn't make as many substitutions because he wanted his players to fight through some adversity, which I think is, is a good call. And, uh, you know, at the end, we, we did have a fair amount of substitutions, but... Um, you know, there was certainly a good amount of action for, for some of our key starters after a poor start. Yeah, but like Pasalic, Tamori, Baker, they all came in like the 85th minute, unfortunately. Not really much of a run-up for them. Uh, interesting to see uh, stick with Boga as the third attacker for the second match in a row, obviously without Pedro. Um, hmm. Dan, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're going to have to start this goal threat off again. In the sixth minute, it doesn't start the way you want. Yeah, uh, Rafinha given a ton of space, basically just leasing real estate in Singapore, uh, and I don't believe it's terribly cheap. And <laughs> got got all the time in the world to to pop off a shot, and you know I, I think just it kept on rolling after that. And I almost feel like Nick should just talk about the next two because it's the same player. <laughs> So in the twelfth and twenty seventh minute, Thomas Muller um, completes his uh, his brace. Um, the first one was after a very nice cross, uh, where he just kind of buried uh, right at the penalty spot, buried a really easy one. And then the twenty seventh minute one was pretty special, long range hit. I, I do think that. Brandon, uh, to, to break up your goalkeepers union, the uh, that Courtois probably could have done a little bit more on that um, to, to maybe tip it around, but still a class finish from Thomas Muller, and you know, I, I it was it was a tough go at the beginning, Brandon. Not not a ton from Chelsea and and a lot from uh, from Bayern. Yeah, not a great start to the first half, and um, thankfully. 45th minute plus three in stoppage time first half. Uh, Alonzo gave us a little bit of life. Uh, long story short, Moses uh, finally found some space down the right, crossed it right through the box on the ground. No one touched it. And holy smokes, did Marcos Alonzo connect to this thing. I mean, this thing was on an absolute rope. Uh, straight as an arrow, right into the far post side netting. Just smashed it. Um, is a fantastic strike just clean and pure so anyways gave us a little bit of excitement as we went into halftime uh but man did we did we need something second half though nick mishi doing the business man gets minutes and he gets space inside the six yard box apparently that is correct um Mishi had a, a pretty a pretty tough day overall, um, and I think so did Marcus Alonso, to be completely fair. Um, both looked a little leggy. Um, but, I mean, you know, props to Mishi for sticking it out. It was, it was his last kind of last kick of the ball before he got substituted. And, look, uh, part, of, part of his game is being a poacher, and this was a poacher's goal, kind of right place, right time. Um, did well to, to kind of bury it and – you know, put Chelsea on the on the road to a, a comeback in the in the last few minutes, even though they couldn't uh, complete it. It was it was nice to see him fight back and and for Mishi to kind of fight through a poor performance in the first half and and play better in the second half. Uh, nice awareness too, Murata to kind of knock the ball back, even though we didn't have the uh, the kind of header you know opportunity, and uh, you know really did a nice job of setting Mishi up there. 
All right, Dan, well, just like last time, kicking it off, who had you the most excited after today's match? Obviously a little more difficult, but uh, and it can even just be something, something little that you saw that gets you excited about the bigger picture. You know, I, I, we, we did talk about the fact that you, you thought I was calling out uh, Antonio in the first part. And, you know, maybe in the first half, I might not have been excited about Antonio, but uh, the changes he made, because we, we definitely tried this high press, which was not working at all. And the way that he adapted it to bring it more in line with like back five and making some alterations there and kind of some of the distribution of, you know, responsibility uh, that really changed this match. And, you know, even though, you know, some of the substitutions were starting to happen, you know, into the second half and, you know, the 60th, 70th minute, uh, I thought we looked so much more whole and complete and actually started challenging for balls. Uh, and, and even though we don't have some of the players that match the, the caliber, I think that Byron has in a couple of key positions, uh, I think Conte really for the second half like showed his managerial flexibility to kind of work through a solution during the match. And like that, that to me is always exciting to see, you know, we might not have uh, the squad depth as, as Nick alluded to, but you know, we have a manager who's very, very adaptable in the moment who can make a change that totally changes the course of the game. Nick, your uh, standout performance, maybe. I mean, I thought N'Golo Conte had a pretty good game, um, you know, but I don't want to I don't want to overheat praise on him because he's just, you know, he's excellent almost every time he goes out. Um, but, you know, overall, I think I think Boga did OK in the first half. I think Morata played pretty well in the second half. I know that we had, you know, I, I put out on Twitter that I think. You know, when uh, Marcus Alonso went off and Victor Moses took over on the left side and, and Fikayo Tamori took over on the on the right wing back that Vic had a lot of a lot of run of the, the play in the second half from the left side. He was like the main outlet and, and pressure valve release. So I thought he played pretty well on the left side for not being a left footed player. And I got some flack on, on Twitter about that. But I mean. I don't know what else you want. I think he handled that position switch pretty well. Um, now, it's obviously not his preferred position, but that's okay. I mean, he was playing against uh, a really solid squad and, and I think created a, a couple of really solid chances. So, um, you know, there, there wasn't a ton of, of great out of this game from Chelsea. Clearly not, you know, you know, we just went after the Arsenal match and there was a lot more on that to be happy about, but uh, very happy with the fight. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd say so. Obviously, we dug ourselves a hole and had to uh, get our way out of it. And Conte said, I'm not subbing you guys out. Figure it out on your own. It's uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, anything concerning you today, maybe, Dan, that you thought should have been better even at this point? I think the only concern that I would lodge is... The you know, Alonzo definitely uh, you know looked a little out of place again. It was it was high press, so I, I don't think I fault him for that. Like there's some some tactical pieces there in the first half that really went against him. Uh, the goal was spectacular. Uh, I think you're you know if you're doing you know fantasy Premier League this season, yeah, I think he's definitely worth uh, the seven pounds to put him in your squad. But uh, it was just you know it felt a you know it's definitely. A reminder of what someone like Asandro could do if we acquired him, and uh, you know, making that potentially a rotational position, and not heaping the responsibility or the success or failure of a three-four-three on uh, squarely on one individual. 
I mean, I was a little concerned with Christensen. I know that he hasn't had a ton of playing time under underneath Conte, and and he'll obviously improve. Um, you know, the, they're they're doing uh, these double training sessions, and we and we saw it in person last year. I mean, these sessions are intense, so I wasn't surprised to see him a little leggy today at all. I, I think more concerned, you know, like I mentioned earlier about overall squad depth. I mean, when you come up against a team like Bayern Munich. And you see that they basically have a like-for-like replacement at every position that is close to world-class. You realize how kind of far off we are uh, in that regard. Um, And I think, you know, some of the moves they've made have been really shrewd. They haven't paid a ton of money for James Rodriguez. They got him on loan. Um, And he looked pretty good today. So, I I don't know. I think... I think the board has to kind of look in the mirror after after a match like today and say if we if we really want to challenge on four fronts, you know, it, we're gonna we're gonna need some some more signings and it sounds like that's coming down the pipe so that's good. All right, well, you know that's pretty much it for this match. Obviously, it uh, was not anything that we wanted, but. Sometimes it's good to get punched in the gut. I'm pretty sure Nick said that before. We we can say, hey, you know, if we would have beaten Bayern, rolled Arsenal, you know, rolled Inter, we would have gotten into the season been like, everything's great. But now we can say, hey, you know, maybe we need to take a step back. Let's reassess things, take another look at it. And uh, I think that, you know, we have the opportunity to take advantage of the situation. Just, you know, fingers crossed. That it Didn't we lose every preseason match last year? No, we won or, Milan. We were there, baby. Oh, yeah, we did win Milan. Yeah, We, but, we beat uh, Liverpool, too, 1-0. Real Madrid and Michigan, big house. Yeah, that was yeah, that, brutal. That, that, that was a loss. That was a bad loss. Okay, so, I mean, we were, what, 500 in preseason? I mean, it's not a... Uh, the only thing I was trying to say is it's not... A, preseason is not indicative of how you are going to play during the, the Premier League season, so all good. Yeah, we won't have to see Bayern in the Premier League season this year, thankfully. Uh, But all right, let's go ahead and take our last quick break uh, because we have a ton of stuff to get through for transfers and your questions on social media. Here we go. Dan, uh, we're excited to uh, to get together uh, for the first match of the season, and I think Brandon might have a little little gift for us, huh? Well, he, he does, courtesy of our friends at World Soccer Shop, a couple of home kits, and I will tell you, Nick, they look sharp uh, in you know kind of live action. I think the the players are looking sharp. I think the commentators on the Byron match were talking about it. Like these kits are, uh, as they would say, fire. They are. They're fire kits. Uh, so you can get those at worldsoccershop.com. Again, we can't stress enough. It's a much better experience than the uh, the mega store is right now, um, you know, being on the, on the Nike site. So uh, head on over, support our show, go to worldsoccershop.com using our referral link. And, uh, and yeah, let's move to part three. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, favorite part of the episode for me. Uh, your social media questions. We're going to tie this into the transfer window, obviously, because, well, that's pretty much all of the questions are about. Uh, we haven't had any departures since we last talked, uh, but we did have a signing since Dan went ahead and confirmed Bakayoko way early. <laughs> not, yeah, not really. I, I, I confirmed, it, uh, confirmed it just about as quick as he did before he deleted his post. 
<laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a a pretty solid call, Dan. I, th- I think we we had a good indication that was going to happen. Well, it was one Alvaro Morata uh, from Real Madrid. Rumored 58 million pound fee that can rise towards 70 million, according to Matt Law of the Telegraph. Uh, Nick, happy with this? Yeah, I mean, this was, you know, we, we recorded last week and, and didn't really know where the striker situation was, you know, knowing that Obama Yang was probably not, um, you know, likely and that, uh, you know, some of the other options were, were looking uh, unlikely as well. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere. And when you think about the, you know, incredible fee that Manchester United paid for Romelu Lukaku, uh, this almost seems like a steal. And apparently this was who, um, who Antonio Conte, uh, Antonio Conte wanted all along. So uh, kind of a win-win scenario. Very happy that we got this part of the business done. I think it was a key piece as we finished the preseason, Dan. And, you know, some of these YouTube videos I'm watching are, are pretty fire. Yeah, I would say actually the best YouTube video, um, Real Madrid's official YouTube channel will retweet out, has a, a almost like hour long video about the life of Alvaro Morata, the boy with the ball, as it is, as it is said in the beginning of the the feature, you know, uh, feature length production about, uh, about our new striker. And, uh, you know, ultimately I, I think Conte seems very excited. I think the club is very excited and he seems excited to be here. So I think ultimately now it's about, uh, getting to work and, and scoring goals. Cause that's the first thing that he can do to, uh, you know, shut anyone up who, you know, maybe wishes we had a different striker or had signed someone else. All right. Well, rumors from the transfer window. Obviously, we still have some wing back problems. Sandro has gone completely quiet, but then actually it just resurfaced. Maybe that there's still a chance. Uh, Danilo did sign at Man City. Uh, you know, so Ochuko on Facebook says, why are we so slow in the transfer market? And Sundeep on Facebook also echoed your concerns. Next thing, our squad is pretty thin. Won't a lack of squad depth cost us if we have injuries due to fixture overload? Absolutely no arguments there. So at 1689 Jedi asks, it seems like we lost out on Sandro, Danilo, and Mende. Who should be our next target to possibly fill the wingback position? And Nick, I believe you have one young German in mind. Yeah, I mean, for a right back option, uh, this is, you know, kind of stemming from Joe Tweed's article we covered earlier in the summer, but Jeremy Toljan uh, would be, you know, a very affordable option, uh, can play either on the right or the left, seems like a pretty flexible guy. I mean, obviously, Dan Alexandro is our number one wingback option, but maybe there is a, a young gunner who could possibly come into the squad as well. I think you're talking about Oxlade Chamberlain, who uh, I think still might be reeling from the the tackle attempt on Alonso. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure if he's ready to consider a, a move across town yet. Yeah, he's well. He, he flew so far; it was tough to get back on the bus after that. You know, well, he did acquire some frequent flyer miles, apparently. Though, so good for him. Uh, the other shout is from at. Rainier Blues saying with all the talk this summer about bringing back former players should Roman consider offering about 25 million for Ryan Bertrand I mean obviously an, an interesting shout um, you know it's one of those things I, I think I, I want to 
I want to say that I, I saw today somewhere, and I would have to retweet it from the account that they want forty million for him. Yeah, um, which at that price, I would say no. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I was going to say he's also probably a victim of the formation. We weren't playing wingbacks back then, but now he would fit, I think, a little bit better. But yeah, not at forty. I don't know. It seems desperate. Um, the next big rumor is uh, Fernando Llorente coming in. Essentially, he's worked with Conte. He'd be a good third option. We had a ton of questions on this. Z take us on Instagram. Uh, wants to know about Morata and Batman playing as a two-man front line. Same thing from at Blue American 26. Uh, ben 5 bc on Instagram says, do you think Mishi, can, if he has good form, can he bench Morata and at Marvin to do... Kind of says the same thing. Like, is he going to get his chance or are we going to waste money on the likes of Llorente? Um, So I guess real quick, just kind of sum those all together, Dan. Like, do you think that <laughs> Murata, Batman, and Llorente are a good trio to have? And can Murata and Batman play together? Well, we saw a little bit of Murata, Batman today. And, uh, you know, when we watched the Byron match, it was interesting. And obviously, you know, Murata's getting some rust off. Not the the best game for for Mishi, and so interesting to watch their interchange a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we get a chance to see more of that heading into uh, our final game here against Inter Milan. Uh, I almost feel like though, it's if you think about two at the top, I mean that to me screams for for Hazard and uh, Murata to link up. I mean, it definitely doesn't give you some of the physicality that you know something like a Lukaku would have or Lorente. Um, but the the technical ability, the finesse, the the ability to kind of pull up a shot and then to link up with each other, uh, that could enable some pretty nice productivity from the two of them. But uh, you know, Bachelet just needs to keep scoring goals to uh, keep reminding Conte that he he's there. And you know, ultimately, you know, Bachelet needs to you know, make sure his positional awareness and uh, his distribution of the ball backwards is solid because I think he saw a couple times today where he passed backwards ended right up in uh, in Byron's hands and you know he definitely could have done maybe a little bit better with that well let's go ahead and transition to the defense Nick do you have um, I guess we got an email from Steven uh, thank you for the email we always enjoy that he thinks that we have three maybe four world class center backs with David Lees uh, Queta, Christensen and Rudiger uh, do you think that for sure David Luiz, Christensen, and Aspilicueta being the three world class and Rudy maybe being the fourth? Do you think he's right with that? I mean, uh, here's the thing. Um, I know that Gary Cahill, for some reason, just gets crushed in the center back uh, argument. Um but I think we have five quality Premier League center backs. Um, you you could make an argument that if you know Rudiger you know comes in as a world beater that he might you know take someone's spot in a three back. Um, but for right now, you know I th- I think we have I think we have enough cover. If if Virgil Van Dyke comes in and that's you know apparently now a rumor again, you know I wouldn't be upset. I think that's a great thing um it probably gives dave a little bit more flexibility to play on on the right wing but you know i i think we're i think we're okay as far as center backs go and and looking ahead to europe all right uh let's go ahead i think we're gonna wrap this up with some youth players before we get into the fun questions 
the big one is a lot of talks about Boga. Nick, I know you're huge on him. Now the conversation has shifted to Boga versus Musanda. Who should get that time? Because I think Musanda can play out wide in a front three. So Zane, our man that we got to meet up with in London, uh, asked about Boga and Musanda. Uh, same thing with um, Kabakara to Diger. I am so sorry about that. Uh, and then KJ Ato. Dan, what do you think on the Musanda Boga debate? Is it a debate, or should we just hope they both get time to see what they can do? Uh, it's definitely not going to be a, a team of Dan versus team Nick scenario, uh, a la Bamford and. Um, Traore. Bertrand Traore um, debate from last season. Uh, but uh, I think Take ultimately... Take the bait, Dan. Take I'm, the bait. I'm not Come taking on. the bait. It's all Take about the, the bait. Bo- it's about the bow gang right now. The physicality is just is too impressive. I, I think ultimately uh, he probably looks better suited to um, play and play now than uh, Musanda. But you know, again, it's all about opportunity, right? You know, Bogang kind of lucked into some opportunity here with Pedro getting his face broken into. So, you know, Masanda didn't, didn't get the break to fall his way and also seemed to be, you know, kind of working on his fitness a little bit still. So, um, yeah, I'm not taking the bait. I'm, I'm, I'm with <laughs> Nick right now. I'm, I'm with Nick. I think the challenge is that we can't overhype where our expectation is for Boga in comparison to the other players. And that's got to be the piece that we need to like look at him from a filter standpoint and be like, look, you know, he is not going to be as polished as put together as a William, as a Pedro, as a Hazard. And there has to be a level level of acceptance with that and being okay with saying, hey, you know what? He's going to play okay sometimes and it's not going to be good. And like, how do we incorporate that? And can we incorporate that as we compete against four, four levels of you know, play in the league and in Europe this season like that, that's the real question the club has to answer. Cause if they can't incorporate him appropriately, uh, then he should be out alone. And I think that's the piece where we can't get so excited that of course he's going to be at the squad this year. Um, that might not be the case. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I feel, I feel great for, for Boga, you know, this is a guy who I, I didn't really think had a chance to even come back to the club. Uh, there were rumors that he was going to be sold. Um, he has been impressive in, in the limited action uh, that he's had for Chelsea in the preseason. He is a physical specimen. Um, you know, there's a couple of social media posts that will kind of prove that point for you. If you don't believe it already, he loves taking people on, obviously needs to work on a shot a little bit um, and, and work within the team a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I feel gratified for him. This is a guy that I've talked about for, for three years now, uh, very excited for him. And also, you know, I mean, Musanda was given the 17 shirt. So I think Musanda, you know, has a great chance to be a part of the squad. You just kind of wonder if he is, if he's ever going to be healthy enough. Um, you know, it seems like he, he picks up injuries like an Arsenal player does. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for Boga. And I think if Boga continues to prove himself that, that he'll be a part of the squad and provide some really good depth. All right. We have a question from SP Beal saying, how do you celebrate when Chelsea score and you are streaming secretly, uh, or on a second screen example, while your wife is watching a romantic comedy, <laughs> you know, SP Beal sometimes 
you just you can't you can't hide it or you just maybe you know go out of the room somewhere else and and have a quick moment to yourself before you come back um oh a great one nick being our uh main twitter uh from at lab says what melts down faster an ice cream cone in 95 degrees summer heat or the responses to a transfer tweet from chelsea's official account uh, obviously Twitter, uh, melts down quicker and, <laughs> and, you know, it's just a credit to all you followers out there, man. You know, the slightest mention of news and people just sound the alarms and, uh, yeah. Anyway. Rightfully so. Uh, at Joe Tweedy, some rando asks, who wins at foot golf <laughs> between you three? Dan, I'm going to let you answer this. You know, I think it's gotta be Nick. Um, dude plays I a ton. I- he plays a ton. If you don't follow him on Instagram, wow. Like he, come, come I feel on. like every Saturday he is practicing because I, I feel like maybe he's scared of Brandon. Like maybe he's scared of Brandon and what Brandon is going to unleash upon the world in Kansas City when we all meet up. Um, it's definitely not me. I'm, de- I'm definitely going to be the worst. Let's let's not overhype me. Okay, I'm terrible, but I I putt putt pretty well. Brandon was the goalkeeper, so Brandon has the bomb. Uh, He's he's going to kill both of us. I guarantee it. Yeah, that'll be fun. We get to play a little foot golf, uh, also known as soccer golf here in the States, in case you're unfamiliar with it. YouTube it. It's a ton of fun. Uh, oh, at Sujin wants to know, well, how sexy... Did, we, we, um, oh, come on. But we didn't Wait. answer Joe's second part of his question, which I actually think is a really good one, which is asking us who is our... But what? It's loaded. Yeah. Like, that's a whole, like, huge situation. Okay, so how about this? Well, we'll pencil it in to talk deeper about it with Joe when we get him back on the show, which is what is your current five aside team from the current squad? You know what people really love about our podcast is that we argue about what we're going to talk about before we talk about it. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's really the most professional part of our show. That's where we get stuck in and really, you know, lock horns a little bit. Well, yeah, like I said, we're still we're still in preseason mood, obviously, folks. So uh, give us a little bit of leeway here. The five aside is a great discussion. Uh, I think that obviously people can tweet in their best five aside teams from the current roster. Uh, it would just take uh, way, way too too long. I think we wouldn't be able to give it the due time it needs. So put that one on pause tweets. Thank you for that. Uh, at Sujin again, as I was saying, asked how sexy is our squad right now. We're just going to put it out there and let you guys answer that one. Uh, and then the last two to wrap this up is at Chelsea, Eric said, who's in your B team right now? We don't know is preseason. And I think that, you know, exactly who's in Conte's a team. So essentially grab the rest of the players and put them in your B bucket. And then last one from at Wyatt's underscore blue says discuss title contenders based on preseason performances. Nick, we're not going to do it. No, not yet. Um, not Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel safe with that, Dan. I mean, I think that's a great prediction, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to comment on that yet. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with all of that being said, Chelsea fans. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, now our third summer update uh, so far. We are working on our preseason form our fitness just isn't quite there i apologize on behalf of the three of us but let's go ahead and wrap up with some final thoughts so uh nick what do you have for the lovely listeners 
Um, I'm just excited to do this again. You know, we, we've taken some time off this summer. We did 60 episodes last year, which is a lot. Um, we hope that you enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think this is a chance for us to kind of reflect a little bit as we as we broke 300,000 downloads. So thank you, everybody, for um, really just pulling through last year. Our, our numbers have kind of doubled each season. So uh, you have a big task ahead of you to, to tell your friends about us. Um, but yeah, we're, we're just grateful for it. And we're, we're happy to be back for season four. We have some big stuff planned this year, Dan. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, we've talked about it a little bit in the, the pod so far, but, uh, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to the fact that, you know, you know, my, my two friends here, you know, because three years ago we were just acquaintances and now we're, we're good friends with one another uh, are getting a chance to meet up here in a couple weeks and, and chat about the season ahead and, and taking the first match against Burnley. And, uh, man, I am definitely got to get my two days in though for foot golf because I'm, I'm really, really scared. Really scared. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate it again, listeners, like you said, for sticking it out with us. Hopefully you are enjoying the the fact that Chelsea are finally playing matches again with us, even though they're not always going the way we want. It's a heck of a lot better than not having any Chelsea to watch at all. So uh, with that being said, thank you again so much. And until next time, Chelsea fans, keep the blue flag flying high. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the London is Blue podcast covering everything related to Chelsea FC. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to submit your questions. And if you like this episode, a five-star review in the iTunes store would help other Chelsea fans find us.